Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday. We've got your NBA action covered from a three-game Tuesday night in the NBA. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined by Nuts, I mean Nits, and uh, Rob Lopez is oh, in the kitchen hell no. cooking up some clam chowder. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, the Celtics look like strangers. The Knicks can't stop winning and screwing up their tank, and the playoff picture continues to get messy in the East. But first, the game of the night. The Denver Nuggets, the two seed out West defeat the Oklahoma city thunder who are currently the three seed 121 to 112. Nikola Jokic with 36 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds, 13 free throws on this game. Uh, just a fantastic performance from a guy who should probably be getting a little bit more MVP buzz. Not that he's the MVP, but he's in that conversation. He's in that top five, Paul George. You, you guys know how I feel about him. 25 points tonight, eight rebounds, seven assists, six steals, but a poor shooting performance, seven of 24, three of 14 from three Russell Westbrook, 22 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists and seven turnovers. Um, he also, you know, two of five from, from or four of eight from the free throw line, just abysmal performance tonight. And it's uh, shooting the basketball from Oklahoma city. Like they shot 26% from three and 64% from the free throw line. It's hard to beat good teams when you can't make shots. Sure, but it's harder to beat good teams when you can't make shots and you have poor defense. And I think for a little bit there, we saw what OKC can really do on that end, and especially towards that fourth quarter when they had tied it up and even taken the lead. They were tight as hell on the defensive end. They were, you know, they were getting stops. They were stopping Jokic, which I know is really hard to do. He was basically unstoppable tonight. So when he has nights like that, it's really hard to defeat the team. But they had they had just bursts of that kind of effort, and I don't think that they gave it throughout the entire night. Which is, you can't do you can't do much then, when you can't shoot. You got PG thirteen, who's, you know, he's he can give you forty five in a night. We've seen it many times a season, and he's shooting seven of twenty four. So there's not really much that you could have done there. Well, and on the other side, Denver's defense tonight was pretty good. You know, and this is one of the things that gets overlooked about this team because we only focus on the offensive end. Um, their defense has been pretty nice this year, and he- healthy Paul Millsap has been huge for them. Uh, he only had 12 points tonight, but had 10 rebounds. But I feel like he was involved a lot in changing shots, protecting the rim, backing up Jokic. They like to bring Jokic up and use his active hands to, like, you know, knock knock balls away and things like that. And Millsap is kind of the perfect complement on the defensive end. And then, I mean, offensively, he was facilitating quite a bit from the elbow. Um, a lot of hockey assists for him tonight. And I, I really like this starting lineup that they finally have healthy. I think you mentioned, this is the first time that they're all together since the beginning of the season, right? Um, before the show. Yeah. Before the show. So nuggets just haven't been healthy this season. It's on it. It's pretty incredible. When you think about it, they didn't make the playoffs last year, right? Right. In, even though, to note, they were just three games back of the third seed, which were the Blazers, and they were ninth. They just didn't make the cut, and now they're over here. They're the second seed. They look incredible. They've made it here with as many injuries as they've had, um, having some incredibly abysmal shooting nights from some of their top guys. So I think we need to start taking the Nuggets seriously, and tonight was a really good showing of that because you're right. They held the Thunder. They, I think Paul George and Russ in the first half were 7 of 18 from the field, zero of eight from the three. They really did hold them to that. They had six turnovers. That's a great defensive showing from Denver. And we know that they could do it offensively. You're right. 
we do need to start focusing a little bit more on what they're doing on the defensive end. I don't think that they're elite, but they're certainly good enough to hold themselves against any good offensive team. Absolutely. This season coming into tonight's game, when Millsap and Jokic share the floor, this is per Andy Bailey from Twitter. Uh, Denver is plus 10.1 points per hundred possession. Cool. And this is not a fluke because they were, they were plus 9.9 per hundred possession with those two on the floor last season. So again, I mean, they're kind of a perfect duo. They complement each other really well. And Jokic just ate Steven Adams lunch today. I mean, just, they were hiding Steven Adams on Paul Millsap, which, <laughs> which is, just, that's which so is crazy wild. to think about. Cause it's Steven Adams, but which actually I want to bring this in. Cause, uh, you know, Jokic looked unstoppable today and homie of the show, TJ McBride, who's a great nuggets writer said watching Jokic be that unstoppable is like when Michael Scott ate all of the Alfredo before the fun run for a rabies cure, <laughs> <laughs> he just goes to the rim. And that killed me. And it's true. There wasn't much Steven Adams could do. And he tried and he got a couple stops down the stretch, but that's it. He, he can do whatever he wants to you on the offensive end, which is just incredible to watch. Yeah, it's, it's really wild. Um, but again, uh, you know, plenty of reasons for the Oklahoma city thunder to lose this game. you know, you've got the elevation they're on the road, all these things, but you know, I think the Nuggets now own the tiebreaker in this in this matchup, and mm-hmm. this may come into play. I mean, they're they're can four it come games, into play? It, well, four games separate them in the standings, but they're second and third seed, right? So, I mean, you never know. I mean, Oklahoma City is capable of going on a run and potentially catching Denver, but with the way Denver's playing right now, I I, I find it, you know, I think that they probably locked up the two seed tonight. Um, yeah, which is wild to say because. This is a team that did not make the playoffs last year. I mean, you said it. They yeah, but they were, were three group. games back from Absolutely. it. So it's crazy they in were... both ways. It's crazy they're going to the second seed from not making the playoffs. But it's also just a right. testament to what the West is. You can be three games out of the third seed, and you're not making it. Well, I think, you know, LeBron has learned that the West is a whole different animal. LeBron they has were not that... learned anything because LeBron was throwing up his hands, yelling at Kuzma or someone. They were in that pack last year. Yeah, I know that that pack from three to nine last year where no one could really separate themselves. And then this year they've clearly separated themselves as the, the second or maybe third best team in the West. I still and believe in Oklahoma too. City. Very young. They're set yeah. up. They're set up for years of success. And someone mentioned, you know, um, if if a free agent is looking for a place where he can go and potentially get to a finals. But Denver might be the best youngish core in the league. I mean, these guys are all going to be hitting their prime. Yeah. They've actually got some some flexibility with their salary cap. Uh, I mean, the way Malik Beasley has played, he's almost made Gary Harris expendable. That's a that's a useful young piece who's got some value that you might be able to package with you know some other pieces that you have and go out and get a guy that maybe you wouldn't sign in free agency, but you know trading for a star is how teams like Denver can get them. Hey guys, join us today for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. Go to fanduel.com slash B2B. That's the letter B, the number two, the letter B. Sign up, deposit five bucks, and get a $5 bonus in your bank from FanDuel. You can play with other back-to-back listeners every Wednesday, including today, Wednesday, in the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. Shout out to this week's winner, or last week's winner, Rich Guns. He's going to join us on an upcoming mailbag. And uh, if you take home a victory this week, you get to do the same. Again, 
the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash B2B. Okay, so now since you're super into these hot takes and whatever, let's say you get the Warriors Nuggets. Because this came up uh, during, I think one of the Clippers commentators said, they don't think that the Warriors win this if the Warriors Nuggets go against each other. And I know. I heard it. No. And then I had, you know what? I had so many Denver people coming into my mentions being like, what are you talking about? I'm like, please. Listen, I'm not arguing with you guys to the, the Nuggets to the, in the playoffs versus the Warriors. Relax. To the good people of Denver, to to my friends <laughs> Adam Marez and TJ McBride and all those guys. Listen, the Warriors are a whole different beast. Just be ha- hey, be happy to be there because it, it, the truth is like the, it's the Warriors and it's everyone else. And I saw something that the Nuggets would potentially be, you know the number one seed in the East. No, stop it. No, the bucks are in better the than the nuggets. Yeah. Bucks mm-hmm. are better than the nuggets. And I, I'd take the Raptors over the nuggets as well. So, um, everyone relax Depending on how the Raptors, what Raptors you get, do you get right. Raptors versus the magic or do you get Raptors versus the Celtics? Well, so. I think if you get the, the Raptors team that gets up for big games that, you know, unless they're playing the bucks. Um, yeah, I, I listen, the nuggets are having a very nice season. And I think that they're set up for sustained success and almost in the same model as golden state, right? Like homegrown, they drafted well, they signed, you know, Paul Millsap is a free agent similar to Iguodala. Um, if they can, if they can get that, that next piece, or if, you know, if Jamal Murray can get more consistent and turn the corner and, you know, if they can get healthy, that's been their biggest problem the last two years. I mean, last season they missed so much Paul Millsap time. This year they're getting more Paul Millsap, but then they're missing, they're losing everyone else. So yeah, they missed uh, everyone time. <laughs> yeah, they really have. So let's see how they finish the season. But I think now that they're now that they're healthy, they're getting con- uh, contribution from Isaiah Thomas. Um, they've got a great bench. They almost have too many guys. When, I mean, we don't know if Isaiah time. Thomas is necessarily going to be a part of their future. That's true. No, no, no. I, I just mean but, this year. Right. But I think you bring up an interesting point. Not only are they set up for the next few years with how young they are, we're about to witness a new era of the NBA because Katie is leaving. The Warriors are slowly going to either age or be traded away for different pieces. It's not going to be a sure thing anymore starting next year. Not that it is right now. I watched 2016 happen, so I'll never say it's a sure thing. But a team like this hitting their prime right around the time that a new team is going to come out as that team on top it, they could really be that team. I mean, the Bucks could, they could, but they're in that contention for it. In the Big Apple, in a game that uh, maybe 12 people watched, the New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic 108 to 103 and shoot their tanking selves in the foot in the process. The Knicks have won two in a row. This is, wow, this is sad. Two in a row for the first time since November 23rd and November 25th. Wow. Uh, Emmanuel well, Spike Lee, uh, called them out in the Oscars, right? Yeah. He yeah. Said that they were tanking the tank. and now they're out here trying to pretend like they're not the, 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 Knicks, the, the Knicks starters were terrible in this game. The bench actually came through and won it. Um, Emmanuel Moody had 19 points. Alonzo Trier, 18 points. Mitchell Robinson, uh, all, you know, my timeline was just Knicks fans talking about Mitchell Robinson, 17 points, 14 rebounds, six blocks and three steals. He actually said earlier today, he feels like he could average six blocks a game if he played 30 minutes and he got six blocks tonight. So there you go. Uh, for, for the magic, uh, Vooch with 26, 11 and six, Aaron Gordon with 26 and seven. Um, 
this hurts the magic's playoff chances. They really want to make the playoffs and they lost to the Knicks. Not a good sign. And in the game of the night from last night or yesterday's ding chosen by big was, uh, we got a dud in Toronto. The Celtics came in and, uh, played like a bunch of people who don't know each other and never talked and don't speak the same language. They lose to the Raptors 118 to 95. The Raptors had a second quarter where they went on an 18 0 run and they outscored the Celtics 36 to 13. The game was, was done at halftime nits. It was an embarrassing performance. If you're the Celtics the other night when they lost to the bulls, Brad Stevens said that he was disappointed in himself. Who's he disappointed in tonight? Everyone got to played well. Who played well for the Celtics? Nobody. I mean, you said it yourself. It was embarrassing by the time that the halftime hit. But that being said, it was a, it started off really engaged. I thought we were about to get a good game. Celtics and Raptors were pretty on par with each other. They were trying on both ends. They were shooting pretty well. And then they just ran away with it. And they didn't do anything to stop them. There was a moment where Kawhi just ran to the basket. I think it was off of a good screen of Gasol or Lowry. Can't remember. Obviously, those two guys are pretty much the same. Uh-huh. But um, but you know what I mean? They just let them yeah. do whatever they wanted. They didn't care. So you're right. They do look like a bunch of guys that don't want to play with each other right now. But what are you going to do when you got Kawhi Leonard being Kawhi Leonard? You got Pascal Siakam going for 25 points, eight rebounds. That's shout out to the most improved player for me, honestly. And then you got Gasol looking incredibly comfortable out there. Um, you have Powell hitting shots. You everybody on the Raptors was basically had an a plus game today minus maybe like Patrick McCaw. Yeah. So Norman, not much you could do. Norman Powell is benefiting quite a bit from playing with Marcus all. And when, when yeah. Marcus all moves into the starting lineup, I hope that they find a way, you know, if they're going to keep playing Powell, they need to find a way to pair him with Gasol because he's actually been benefiting quite a bit getting those open threes. I mean, Gasol just does such a great job of passing guys open. Did he um, not start today? This all? No, no, no. He's been coming off the bench since the trade. I mean, um, maybe that's the better position for him. He looked a lot more comfortable out there with the unit that he was with. And we saw him start on Sunday and it didn't look good. Yeah. I think the ceiling for this team can only be reached with Gasol in place of Ibaka. I think that that's ultimately what we're going to wind up with, but you know, we'll see. I mean, this is a team they're second in the East. They, they have the second best record in the league. Um, so it's not like they're really scuffling, but Let's talk about the team that, you know, again, I I've been known for how I feel about the Celtics offense and how I think that, you know, the everyone eats mentality is great, but when it's not working, you have Kyrie Irving, who's one of the most creative offensive players to ever play the sport. And he, you know, they, they choose to only use him in crunch time in the spread pick and roll and they dominate in crunch time. They have the best offensive rating in crunch time in the NBA, you would think when things aren't going well, that would be your go-to, but that's not what they do. And tonight he was three of 10, seven points, d- just look disengaged. There was a, there was a scene that I'm sure everyone listening has seen by now. Uh, he was sitting on the end of the bench, kind of cutting eyes down, down the bench. It's not great. And he had some interesting comments after the game. Seems like lately, when the team has hit you guys with a big run, you haven't responded. What, what is behind that? I don't know. Can you talk about the lessons you want to take away from this game? Is there anything specific you really want to focus on for tomorrow? Uh, just uh, remaining tough. 
Brad talked about just defensively, guys been taking shortcuts. Um, so do you see that, and how do you guys fix things like that at this point of the season, you feel like? I don't know. It's up to Brett. Marcus said that you guys aren't playing together. Is that a fair diagnosis? I mean, that's Marcus's opinion. So Is it your respect it? I mean, this just sort of goes to the greater kind of the, the dark cloud that's been hanging over this team for the last couple of months, right? Like, so the, the Knicks have made moves to create cap space. It's been, you know, an open secret that the Knicks would like to pair KD and Kyrie. KD and Kyrie are good buddies. You know, we saw him talking at the all-star game and then going to dinner in Miami or whatever, which by the way, totally fine. And I actually, I agree with Kyrie that it's a little bit annoying that he can't do stuff with his friends without, you know, having to answer questions about it. But at the same time, he's not exactly seeming like a guy who's planning to stick around in Boston. Okay. But come on. First of all, I think him being short might not necessarily be the cloud over the Celtics. Oh, they, even though they there suck. obviously is one. They don't yeah. suck. They are not as good as the expectations that we had had for them. They might not even get, they probably won't honestly get home court unless Pacers really mess it up in the next, uh, I don't know how many games left. We have like 23 games like left. Unless 20, they yeah. totally mess it up, then Celtics won't get that home court, which is, I'm sure that that hurts all of them. They had expectations of being the one or two seed going into the season. And now they're out here losing games to the bulls, getting blown out by Toronto, which this is a game that we should have, we would have been hyped for a few months ago. It was a game that we were hyped for at the beginning of the season. We were like Raptors Celtics is going to be like a Eastern conference finals showdown. It does not seem likely at all. I don't trust the Celtics team in the playoffs the way that they're playing. But I think Kyrie being short is also about the fact that Kyrie is just over it. Him and KD, you know what? Perfect together. Because they both get over the media asking them questions. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be asked these questions. We shouldn't be surprised when they get a little bit salty and annoyed and don't want to answer and get really short. Not saying I like it, but I'm saying that it might be their own individual thing right before they go to the Knicks. Hey, Uh, I think you made a really great point there. I think you made a really great point there when you brought up the seating. At this point, it's likely the Celtics are going to be the fourth or fifth seed. And that means they're going to have to play the Pacers or the Sixers. That's a tough first. I think they're going to be fourth. I really don't think so. Celtics have 37 wins right now. Pacers have 40. They lost to the Pistons the other night. But But for me, what I'm focused on is the matchup. They're not going to get, you know, this this easy matchup. They're not going to get the Pistons or the Hornets or the Magic. That's trouble for them. I mean, there's a chance this team – that had all these expectations coming in could wind up losing in the first round. That's wild. I just, I don't see it. You know what? If they get, um, I, you're right. I think if they get the Pacers in the first round, I do take the Celtics over them. I think just based on the playoffs are really about who, who's the best guy on the floor, right? Kyrie Irving. So that right there is your automatic advantage, but yeah, they can't match up against any of the other top teams in the East, right? 76ers are incredible. They're, I, they're just, their starting lineup scares me a little bit. So much you have the Raptors who are, it goes without saying, and then you have the bucks, which goes without saying even more. So. Yeah. And, and talent usually wins out in basketball. This is how Mm -hmm. it works. You know, a, a lot of people have pointed this out. 
you know, usually the best guy in the series, you just said it against the Pacers, best guy in the series normally can swing the series and against the Sixers. I mean, you've got, they've got three candidates that, that could be the best player in that series. You know, Jimmy Butler, we've seen him take it over. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna dominate possessions. He's going to guard Kyrie. He's done a good job of that. Um, so, you know, it, it's Jimmy Butler is like a fourth option right now, or like a fifth option even. Uh, right now, how crazy yeah. is that? Right Just now, wait yeah, till the playoffs. Yeah, no, 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 I know, but I'm saying yeah. that's what's so crazy about the Sixers is you have all those guys and they're having a good time doing it. Which it yeah. sounds silly to be like they're having fun, but if you've never been on a team where you know it's not just basketball or sports, if you've never been even on a professional team where you've just been miserable and the output completely changes when you don't want to work with the people that you're working around. I mean, it sounds silly to say, but they don't like playing with each other this much right now. How is that going to change in the playoffs when there's that much more pressure and we're getting even closer to free agency? And if they drop a game, it's going to be all about whether or not Kyrie goes to the Knicks. I think it's just going to become more and more of a mess as we keep going. Absolutely. And it, they couldn't have dropped this game to the Raptors at a better time with us all being in Boston this weekend for the live show. Oh man, what a time. And they're playing, uh, they're playing the wizards. They dropped the game to the wizards on Friday. That's when I'm out in the Celtics completely. All right, folks, we are days away from the Boston live show at the middle East theater in Boston, right after the Sloan analytics conference, Saturday night, March 2nd, come check us out. We got a few tickets left. So if you're in New York, if you're in Boston, if you're in Delaware, close enough, the spitting distance, come check out the show. Come hang out with us. You can get uh, your tickets from Jade's Twitter page at Jade underscore Hoy or the Count the Dings Twitter page at Count the Dings. Uh, again, that's Saturday, March 2nd. We're, I mean, days away. We're all excited. You should be too. Come join us. Come hang out. Let's have a good time. And now the lines of the night. All right, Nitz, here we go. Pascal Siakam, most improved player, 25 points, eight rebounds, and a big victory over the Boston Celtics. Mitchell Robinson, 17 points, 14 rebounds, six blocks, three steals, and a win over the Orlando Magic. Or Nikola Jokic with 36 points, 10 assists, and nine rebounds in a win against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who do you got? I really want to give it to Pascal, but it's got to go to Jokic just because he looked absolutely incredible today. I mean, 36 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds in a really exciting win. Pascal Siakam looking great in a blowout is cool. But uh, I think Jokic led a lot of those runs, honestly. And when he came back, that's really when they ran away with it for a little bit. So it's got to go to got to go to that big man that just looks so out of shape. Absolutely. And every time he runs, his nose turns red. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Jokic, Jokic for sure. I mean, this was like an MVP caliber performance, um, with the lights all shining bright on him, And, and it just seems like he continues to step up in these sort of situations. And, uh, the the new segment on the daily ding are games to watch tomorrow. I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to be in Boston at this game blazers Celtics. I think this is a really huge game for the Celtics in particular coming off the big loss from Toronto. Can they turn it around the next night and get a win? Like I actually think they need a win, like just for the team morale, they obviously don't need it for the standings, but I think it's important to start riding the ship. Now we're only like six weeks from the playoffs. This is when teams usually should be hitting their stride. So they really need to get this win tomorrow night. Nitz, what do you got? 
Um, I got Clippers Jazz basically because they also both need the win. That's what's so crazy. I think Jazz right now um, are, damn, 1.5 games away from the fifth seed, but they're also, I'm doing math in my head and I'm really not that good at it right now, 2.5 games out of not making the playoffs. That's the Jazz. Clippers, we all think that they might not make it. They might make it. And I'm thinking what's been funny is that I've been placing the Kings, the Spurs, the Lakers, and the Clippers into that bucket of might make it, might not. I think we're about to start to have to put the Jazz in that as well. So I think going into tomorrow, I Clippers need that win absolutely because they are the lesser team out of it. And if they could steal this one, that would be awesome for them. And if they can't, then the Jazz are really starting to be in a place where they're hitting that eighth, ninth seed as well. Yeah, I, but they've got an easy schedule coming up, so I, I'm I'm confident in the Jazz. You're, I'm confident, but they, I've seen teams drop the stupidest games, and you know that the Western Conference, if you drop a stupid game, that could cost you the playoffs. It gets late early in the Western Conference, as I continue to say. Uh, that's it for today's show, folks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash count the dings, subscribe to the back to back podcast feed. We dropped a new basketball buds yesterday. We're not going to have a nerder this week because of, uh, you know, traveling for the live show. Uh, also no mailbag. So we'll be back next week on our, our normal schedule. Uh, go subscribe to the black opinions matter Monday feed. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts, including this one, which we hope you have subscribed to, but if not, go subscribe now, rate it, review it, as well as all the other feeds from the back-to-back network, Kian Fahey's NFL pod, The Interceptable, The House of Strauss, and Pack Your Knives. Uh, again, thanks for waking up with us. Nitz, send us home. Oh, awesome. You didn't think that I could take over to give a jaw Rule take. Jaw Rule today said that um, the Kings will, what is it, not make the playoffs because Kat's going to leave them free agency. Ding, ding. <laughs>